Welcome to the Existential Goss Podcast, where two old friends talk through the stuff we care about, things that intrigue us, and everything else in between. Welcome to our first podcast. This is a really exciting moment, I think, for both your podcast hosts here, and we'll go into that in a second. But I just want to start off with talking about what we're going to talk about today. We're going to introduce ourselves since it's our first podcast, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how we feel about the government having access to all our sexy, raunchy conversations and pictures on our phones. Are you even having any sexy, raunchy conversations on your phone right now? Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if someone were to spy on my phone, they'd probably see like a lot of sad memes. So they're most welcome to that. Yeah, definitely a lot of existential goss on my phone. Mm -hmm. But I did that. All right, but let's get into it. So T, tell us who you are. So apart from being a full-time stressor about consequential and inconsequential things, I am currently in India and I work in the fields of culture and education. That is me. All right. And I am P for all intents and purposes on this podcast. And I lived in India for about 21 years, moved to the US for the last and I've lived in the US for the last nine years or so. So clearly I've told you guys my age, I'm pushing 30. I work in tech and I'm really bad at everything tech related. So I think that's, <laughs> uh, that's everything you need to know about me <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now, for now. <laughs> but yeah, so P and I have been friends for about 20 years now. Uh, we were together in school and we became fast friends in third grade. In fact, we stayed in the opposite buildings, but we didn't even know that, right? We were just like, one day I just saw you across the wall as we were playing downstairs. Me more often than you, but (laughs) we were playing downstairs and I'm like, hey, you stay here. And you were like, you stay here. And so that was nice. So we literally jump across the wall and like visit each other. But I want to say, by the way, you used to jump across the wall. I used to jump across the gate because I was... uh, (laughs) Prissy like that. And uh, mm-hmm. also, I was, uh, interestingly, as uh, T mentioned, I was very introverted as a kid. Quite the opposite today. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we're nowhere close to, I think we've been like 20 different people between then and now. But we have managed to remain friends through it all. So we are just going to share with you some of the things that we generally talk about. um, And these these are conversations we've been having again for years. And we thought that we would kind of do a bit of a capsule and indulge ourselves a bit and uh, therefore birth this podcast. Also, do you want to tell people about TV publications? (laughs) So yeah, this is... uh, So Siti and I were both very big on reading growing up and we would read a lot and we were both very politically aware as well and so we would have a lot of these long rambling conversations similar to what we might listen to today hopefully not super rambling more fun than what our typical conversations are but I remember actually I actually remember the moment that TP publications was birthed we were in your car in your building and we were studying environmental education and uh, we were making up everything in the book Uh, like we were basically making up all the subject matter and then high-fiving each other when we would write and you're like we should just write our own book and it should be (laughs) publicated like it should be authored by or published by tp publications 
and uh, TP, as uh, colloquially in India, is known as time pass, uh, which is what we spent a lot of our time doing anyway. So here we are doing some more time pass, I guess. <laughs> like I mentioned, we're both political, very opinionated. We bonded over that in our childhood, teenage years. And uh, we, interestingly, have very different worldviews, though. Even though we're both very, I think we have very solid understandings of the world around us and how we feel. Or like we have solid values, I would say. But we have different ways of looking at things. What do you think, Dee? What do you think makes us similar and what do you think makes us different? Yeah, for sure. Like we both care about the same kinds of stuff. We both kind of have an inkling of like what is important and what is like very fucked up, but perhaps our ways of getting there and what we think should happen next uh, are very different. Like for example, and this has been like, again, we've been friends for 20 years. So I say this with some confidence that P is a little bit more on the emotional side and she's very forgiving and she sees the best in people. And, um, you know, she has a kind of positive-ish mindset. I wouldn't go so far as to use the P word and say all out positive. But yeah, definitely way more than I. And uh, I am, on the other hand, a little bit more uh, down and angsty. And I, I just feel very self-indulgent. Why don't you say what I'm like? She is a realist. <laughs> she is like the perfect balance that I actually need in my life because I'm the eternal optimist that never chooses to see that there's any wrong in the world. And uh, I don't think T is a pessimist by any means. She is more of a realist. And I think she sees right and wrong very clearly. And uh, very often, a lot of our conversations are just like, P how do you not understand what is happening in the situation and what this person is doing? Get with the times, you know? So she is, she's the uh, balancing factor in my life for sure. For the past yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, just a little bit about why we're keeping our identities private. Like why this PT, TP time pass? Yeah, so why did we decide to keep this private? So, I mean, I think I immediately go back to my mom because growing up, as I mentioned, uh, I liked reading. I was very politically aware. And so I used to write every time I would get bothered by anything that was happening in the world. And that would mean that I would typically write a blog that would end up on the internet with all of my thoughts all over it, which were like interesting thoughts for an angsty 13 year old, probably. And my mother would freak the hell out because she'd be like, I am my daughter is going to get killed by some politician and his army and the cops are going to be here and she's going to end up in jail. And so every single blog that I ever wrote was taken down from the internet. So yeah, I, I think I learned the hard way that you can't like, like freedom of expression in India is kind of uh, questionable. And so to allow my mom to sleep at night and allow T's parents to sleep well at night, uh, we're going to keep our identities private because my mom is fully capable of having me take this podcast down. She has that power over me and our entire family and probably even over T's family for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just as we said, like given everything, given that it doesn't seem like our freedom of ex expression is absolute, although we will not talk absolute rubbish, but even so, 
we did feel that it's in our best interests and just for our fucking peace of mind to keep this uh, anonymous so we can speak more freely because you never know big brother might be watching big brother father mother his whole family for all you know uh, <laughs> might be watching because we today are going to talk about uh, pegasus and living in the time of uh, pegasus yeah but even before that uh, i want to talk a little bit about how we decided to do this podcast in the first place yeah so i think um, it started for me back with the covid second wave that hit india a couple months ago and obviously like like i mentioned i grew up in india still very rooted in india in so many ways i haven't been back in nearly 5 years but of course i have family there so many friends there and uh, i mean it was heartbreaking to watch from afar there was a sense of uh, survivors survi- survivors guilt there was a sense of just absolute helplessness you want to help but there's no way to support anyone back home you empathize to a certain level but it's hard to fully say that you understand what everyone's going through and it's just hard like for two weeks straight i was just getting bad news after bad news and there was nothing i could do from where i was sitting and so i reached out to t and i was like there's something that we need to do to get people to be more aware about what's going on because my immediate reaction to the situation was just like me there were several other non-resident indians is what we call ourselves and our eyes who were looking for ways to help but didn't fully understand the political situation didn't fully understand how they can help even or didn't know what was going on prior to the second wave getting as bad as it did and so i felt like there was a sense of awareness that was missing that we that i wanted to help bring and i didn't think i could do it without t because i value her opinion so much and there's such a unique perspective that i think we can bring together to the table so there were several iterations of this there were thoughts about a blog there were thoughts about something on instagram and then in the last week when i had some time off from work there was finally thoughts about a podcast and it moved really quick t what do you think yeah i mean when when he first said that okay you know i want to do something and because like again we sitting in india of course i have borne the brunt in very different ways as have all of us but yeah definitely sitting in india here thankfully i have the privilege of you know being at home having full time job kind of seeing it seeing the crisis pass again the saying is that you know we are all in the same storm but not on the same boat thankfully my boat has a little less holes than many others so i definitely see that privilege but at the same time it's been really tough right we had me and my family had covid back in april may and that's literally the worst two weeks of my life like perhaps not the worst in the sense that it was the most like difficult but definitely like the mental toll that it took uh, because you're constantly like you're unwell your family's unwell but with you the whole country in a way is unwell right there is one malaise or the other that has been plaguing us and it kind of came to a crescendo um during the second wave for many of us uh, so when you said that okay you know i want to do something like i understood that urge i understood that sentiment like we've been donating and giving to charity and helping out whoever we can in our own ways but at the same time like what more can you do what more can you do and so when 
he was like okay i want to do this blog and then you know the different iterations and then eventually the podcast my first reaction was like oh my god like am i going to have to engage with the news because one of the ways that i dealt with again like back the second wave was to kind of tune out the kind of mental toll that it takes and again to have the privilege of being able to tune out and being like okay i can't do this but that's the headspace that i was in this kind of way becomes a way for us to engage with the news but perhaps like i'm doing it with a friend so like even yesterday and today when i was like looking up stuff online i just i felt like oh my god wow i'm actually googling the news instead of dreading my news coming to be in my inbox disclaimer we're no experts we're just two friends talking but yeah we hope uh, you get something out of it because we definitely are all right let's get right into it let's jump into pegasus all right so what is pegasus so what i understand is pegasus is spyware that is sold by an israeli company strictly to governments and they say that it is intended to combat organized crime and terrorism now it's interesting because the organization claims that they're very they're they're very clear about knowing who they're selling it to so they only sell to governments and they vet that very carefully it's scandalous a little bit because no one really knew about it it doesn't look like anyone is keeping tabs on who's being spied on and why and the list of people that's being spied on it looks like it's journalists people in the opposition not really people that i would say are associated with organized crime or terrorism so it's just an interesting list of people i'm like how did you come up with this list why are you spying on them the kind of people that are being targeted off of this and the fact that all of their information now belongs to the government is just insane i wanted to ask you though t what do you think makes this scandal noteworthy because we hear so much about snooping in general and obviously there were like similar things that came up with snowden and the nsa in the us as well what is what is interesting about this to you yeah what is noteworthy and super scary uh, about this is that it's basically the software it's a, it's a zero click software what's so scary is that you don't have to do anything and your phone can be completely hacked they can put on your recording your audio your video whenever they want so that itself like turning your phone which is like your second home right your phone is like a second home to so many of us the more and more uh, we kind of live online now so that kind of is crazy and secondly also the sheer scale of the controversy right because there are so many countries that are involved in it and i was just reading somewhere that uh, the kind of major 10 clients of this software are countries that don't have the best democratic or human rights credentials so that's very worrying to me that we find ourselves in such company no i agree with you and i was just going to say that i think what makes this most uh, interesting and scandalous for me is i think how this government may be using or misusing it because i think they've proved in more more ways than one over the last year few years that they've been in office that they're basically here to voice uh, strongly against opposing views i think that they're not very tolerant to opposing views basically and the kind of people that they're spying on are journalists for example or like ministers or whatever and that's interesting to me because it's like when you're spying on the media it's basically the fourth pillar of democracy 
And so it starts to become questionable as to like, what is your intention here? It's important for us as citizens to kind of debate and to kind of just think through, even if it's in a public sphere, what the hell is happening in our country. And I think this is just part of that. But definitely the Indian government's uh, response to the whole situation has been super sketchy in a way, right? Because they're like, oh yeah, it's only for authorized use. But then what is like, only like spying has been done for authorized use, but who knows what that authorized use is. Who knows whether it's actually for national interest per se, which is always like the umbrella defense, right? That, oh yeah, we're doing something shady, but it's for national defense or it's in the national interest. But is it in the national interest or is it in the leading party's interest? You know, what's what's also interesting to me based on what you just said is how the government always denies what's going on when it's against when it's going against them in some way and paints it as some sort of international conspiracy and i can almost date this back to india's daughter in uh, 2015 i think was when this documentary came out around the nirbhaya rape case and uh, i mean it's almost like saying that that rape didn't happen that incident never happened it's just preposterous and it's it's i i can look back at so many different things it's like women's safety international conspiracy, COVID numbers, international conspiracy, Pegasus, international conspiracy. Basically, we're doing nothing wrong. Everyone's just trying to make us look bad. Yeah. (laughs) At least I will say this. The government's consistent. (laughs) They're very consistent in how they're placing blame. So I'll give them that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such an important point to make. We, like the last I checked, we were supposed to be a democracy, right? So, I mean, that's one of the main pillars. And as you pointed out, the fourth estate. But in today's day and age, in a way that all of us do have access to the net, all of us have access to publishing whatever we want. Again, within reasonable limits, quote unquote. But like something like this endeavor, the very podcast and the discussion that we're having, all of us become our own mouthpieces. So the fourth estate right now is us as well. It's us as people who want to put our voices out there. So it becomes very personal. And um, I remember one of the things you had said earlier is that not a lot of people seem to connect the dots when it comes to like connecting that this is happening out there in the world. It's the news to our everyday lives. Yeah, no, I agree. I also wanted to say, I think what I found um, interesting about this specific issue is that there doesn't seem to be a lot of national interest about it, to be very honest. Like it's in the news, sure. But when I'm talking to people, a lot of people that I talk to over here have no idea that it's happening. I had a couple of friends be like, what is Pegasus? And uh, when I'm talking to even people back home, some people are just like, okay, there's 300 high profile people being snooped on. Of course that happens. Why is this a big deal? Why should I be concerned? And do you feel like the issue is getting the attention that it deserves? I mean, definitely about two weeks ago when the issue broke out, it was a big deal, right? Because again, like there's the sheer scale and, you know, who were involved and things like that. But unfortunately, um, over the past couple of years, and of course, we do have a history of surveillance and we do have a history of state abuse of power. We're not saying that it doesn't happen or it's only happening now. However, it's not surprising. And we, 
I think collectively go through a go through an apathy of sorts because there's just so much shit going on constantly. Where do you concentrate? Like, where do you what? Everything deserves your attention, but you only have so much attention to give. So there is a kind of fatigue that's going on, and then of course, like that's on us as like a consumer level, like a consumer of news. But what's happening? Whether it's been reported in the media or not, or honestly, like. I think there's ten other things that are more important right now. Not more important, but more like news grabby right now that might have kind of overtaken that news cycle. You know, I also want to say it comes to my mind when I think about India as a country overall. Most Indians are concerned with just making a daily living, right? Like most of our lives are about roti, kapra, makan, food, clothing, and shelter. It's not so much about anything beyond that. And I think this issue goes so far beyond that that. people are just like i don't care i can barely have a roof over my head right now especially with the covid crisis going on i so many people are not able to even get like daily workers are not able to get like money to sustain themselves and so this is to a lot of people i feel like this is just a first world problem probably is how they think about it yeah it's it's so far fetched and actually that's super important because like perhaps sitting in our privileged bubbles because we are a very minute minority right we are from an urban city we are english speaking we have had access to like going abroad again in different degrees but we are very very privileged so for us to kind of have a handle on this conversation and to have a discussion and understanding of it is very different from what it is for the majority of our countrymen yeah i agree and i'm almost thinking about like if you had to tell people why they should care about this what would you say yeah like can you ex- explain like abstract concepts of like hey this is privacy and why it's important and this is this is what your data means and if this data gets compromised this is what it will cost you eventually because honestly i don't know if i can do a good job of explaining that no but you know i think about if i had to explain to someone why this matters i would talk to them from the perspective of like i think something that you maybe mentioned a little while ago which is like i don't know if you mentioned this right now or if we talked about this at another point but we talked about the concept of how this is like your physical home and you're living in a physical home and your device is almost like your digital home right there's so much that we do on this device i don't think people understand how the data can be mined and used but it's like your location your pictures where you're going who you're talking to there's so much information on there i think i would almost like explain with an analogy of like if you don't want an intruder entering your physical home do you really want them entering your digital home like think about that for a second think about how much information is on there you've been living our lives on our phone pretty much all day i know i am much to my families and my friends annoyance <laughs> but yeah i mean it's something to think about honestly yeah it's also i think uh, there's an aspect of people feeling like this is not something that can scale to all indians or you know feeling a certain sense of we're only they're only snooping on the bad guys but you know who are the bad guys i think it's very subjective i think it's something that this government is um, or the leading party rather is deciding for themselves as to uh, what the what the bad guys look like and in this yeah. situation right now you and i are probably the bad guys even for talking yeah about <laughs> yeah i'm sure and in fact that's so 
funny because for your own government to do that to you and say that okay we're not going to take questions about this in the parliament or to dismiss it as like some international conspiracy to malign the country's democracy and institutions like that to me is just absurd because you are doing that by you not being upfront and honest uh, and being shady with your dealings are kind of diminishing uh, our trust in our government which is what both of us feel right now right we are not sure of what is happening we don't trust that as much as we'd like to and as much as it's nice to say on people paper that yeah okay you know we believe that in the end what is good will turn out good and we believe in the process of law but we've kind of seen that miscarriage so many times that i don't i think it's stupid to be like okay like there's just everything is rosy i agree i think what's also uh, what also makes me question the fact that everything is rosy is that uh, the government claims that there was no unauthorized surveillance but they refused to hear the issue in parliament i think it's pretty simple no like if you're saying there's no unauthorized surveillance let's talk about it let's discuss how this was authorized and why you're spying on these people that you're spying on i think it should be a very clear like i almost imagine the tech person whatever organized person in my head is almost like there should be an excel spreadsheet with like <laughs> names and why you're spying on them oh my god everyone that i work with is going to be like she's <laughs> she's just uh, this is what she does yeah. but basically we want receipts that's yes kind of like now the cats out of the bag so like okay now fess up right to information bitches <laughs> I don't know if this will come under the gamut of right to information. Uh, so we shall follow the matter closely. But why do you think more largely that the powers that be snoop? Like, because we have seen this in so many regimes now moving out of the Pegasus conversation a little bit. A lot of the stuff doesn't seem like national interest or national security. So why do you think these? Why? What is this urge to snoop? it's called fear my friend it's called fear i don't think it's about the uh, security at all i think it's about their own security rather it's not about national security let me just put it this way i think it's a fear of being maybe overthrown it's a fear of like keeping an eye on what is the general sentiment in the country potentially keeping an eye on anybody that you view as a threat to your power i if i were to think about it i would look at it that way right like especially the kind of people that they are snooping on it just seems a uh, sketch to me it typically does have to do with just a sense of control right it doesn't it's not so much about i get when it's national security when like i said or like the nso said if it really is about organized crime and terrorism doesn't seem like that so yeah and uh, that's like that sense of security and insecurity ring a bell because i think all of us a lot of us at least growing up with indian parents it's kind of the same thing like they want to know who you've been speaking with they want to know what you said where you said it like even going back to like your mom and the blog when she didn't allow you it's just that like maybe we at least haven't grown up in a way that privacy has been central to our sense of being perhaps like we've grown up with this sense of like social control and privacy and who gets access to what that's always been a little bit iffy for us there is no concept of privacy just as part of even our upbringing right like just think about how many people in in remote parts of india or even in like even in like bigger cities how many people just live together in closer quarters because they cannot afford to live in bigger places right and so it just is part of life you always you get you get accustomed to the fact that everyone knows all of your business 
the aunties in the building know all of your business and they're talking about it. It just is part of life. And I think that is why there's a certain sense of apathy to this as well, because people are just like, okay, so what? The government knows my shit. The government knows my shit anyway. But one more thing that I'd like to point out uh, at this juncture is that like in India, we have had a problematic history of state surveillance and, you know, of snooping and government overstep because a lot of people will and fairly so will say that this is kind of reminiscent in a way to the emergency and to what Indira Gandhi did with the media and, you know, like emergency, of course, is a very, very different thing. But there are parallels to be drawn in some ways. So we just want to make it clear that like, we don't want to get into what about it, like, oh, it's happening now, it happened before, so what about that? Like, if we are answering, if you're asking questions now, believe me, you, we would have asked questions then if we were alive then. So it's not about like this party or that party for us, it's just that if we're seeing something shady happening, we feel like we need to call it out. I agree. I find it very frustrating when people ask me or people people claim that the reason I have these opinions that they have to do with my political affiliation. I have no political affiliation. I don't care for either major political party in India. I think they both suck. Uh, So that's just the truth. I don't think anyone really has a clear path forward right now. And uh, I think that's fine. But I... I just want to say that it shouldn't be about that. I think it's okay to criticize the government. I think that's part of your right as a citizen of the country. I think it's okay to criticize any person that is holding public office. And I don't think anyone should be able to make you question that. What you choose to do on your platform or clearly what we're doing on our platform today is our choice and it's our right as citizens of the country. But you know, I want to say, we're talking about freedom of speech, freedom of expression, to be able to criticize the government, etc. It is something that in the times of Pegasus, it is something that we need to think about a little bit more and analyze a little bit more, just because we know that this government has demonstrated a lack of tolerance overall to opposing views, right? And so what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, for two things. So firstly, like, what is the government? Who are these politicians? They come from within us, it's, right? It's not like they're coming from another, like men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and politicians are from what, like Pluto, I don't know. Uh, but where are they coming from? We've propped them up. We've given them a platform. We have made them our mouthpieces. So first of all, it's prob- they are there because we are where we are. So like, I don't want to just be like, okay, it's a politician's problem and we are like some innocent lambs. We are part of the problem as well. The second way I think I would look at it is that in the end, what is your government? right they are your service providers they are you they are beholden to you to be in power they are there to serve you you are in a way their client like we all are their client so if any other service provider or if any other hired company like when we elect them we are in a way like telling them okay we are signing a five-year contract with you so if any other if that position were to be retained anywhere else and you saw the person do something shady and do something against your wishes or what you agreed upon you would be like hey what the hell what is going on so i think there has to be some sense of accountability there has to be some sense of like conversation and that again like rings true to the heart of this pegasus uh, issue like all of these things need to be unpacked um and this might be one of the crucial points pivotal points where we do forward that conversation i agree 
<laughs> one more thing that uh, we can talk about is how this is different from again when we talk about like clients and service providers we all sign away a lot of our data online right when we sign up with google or whatever the hell that we might be using but the difference what do you think is the difference between something like a pegasus versus something like you making the deal with the devil with big tech yeah no exactly what you said right i think they're vastly different I think when I'm on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I know what I'm putting out there. Obviously, I'm fully aware that Instagram is listening to all of my conversations, and it's extremely uh, terrifying to me when I'm talking about a certain lamp, and uh, two seconds later, the lamp shows up in my Instagram feed, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, they know everything about me." But uh, you know, it's like I said, it or like you said rather, it's a deal that you made with the devil. You've signed off on the fact that they can use your data. you've checked that little box with the fine print that says uh, you're going to be sharing the data with them and they know things about you now and they're going to use it to send you targeted ads that's all understood you know and you know if you don't want to put your data out there you have the option of not being on those sites pegasus is quite different you don't really have any choices you don't have any options like you said at the beginning you don't even know when your device is infected with it you're just pegasus off oh, i'm just going to make this uh, a verb your pegasus is that a verb that is a verb Okay. Yes, we can make we can make it one. Why not? English is an evolving language. So, in thinking about closing this podcast today, what do you want our listeners to walk away with? Yeah, first of all, I guess we are just asking for people to know what this is, right? Again, we understand that there is fatigue, immense news fatigue, but I guess the only way for us to be decent enough citizens is to stay engaged with the narrative. We again like we being in a minority very 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 privileged positions have the ability and access to know about these things, to understand these things. So the least we can do is educate ourselves a little bit again take care of your mental health but yeah you need to know about certain things that are impacting your life very profoundly and just try to like talk to your friends about it talk to whoever you want to about it if you can that's something i think that if we can do in some small way that would like i'd be happy with that I agree and uh, hold your government hold your elected officials accountable and the first step to doing that is as T mentioned having the knowledge in your arsenal to actually hold them accountable so ask questions read the news as much as your mental health allows you to is what I'll say and um, just stay aware follow along have uh, so this was the end of our first podcast T how do you think we did I think I would give us a solid Eight and a half out of ten. What do you? Think? Oh, wow! That's, uh, I thought I was the optimistic one. Wow! Uh, T is excited. Um, I actually want to know what you guys think. So please leave comments, uh, review us, reach out to us if you know us, even if you don't know us, and if you can figure out who we are, we'll actually be curious to know if you figured out who we are. We don't uh, want you to. We don't want you to. All right. Signing off for today. This was fun. Bye. Bye.